It's always good to come back here. It's like coming back home. Forgive me if I don't always recognize your names. I recognize many of your faces, but I always enjoy the fellowship of uh, kindred hearts. We have the same Savior. We have the same Holy Spirit in us, and that brings us closer to each other and to the Lord. I'd like to bring, a, bring you a message this morning of, uh, of comfort. So I'd ask you to open with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 40. As a pastor, I've had to visit people that are hurting or in the hospital. And you know the feeling when you want to bring some comfort or help to someone that's that's hurting, that's in need. And the best way we can do it is to uh, come on behalf of the Lord Jesus and bring his word and let the Holy Spirit minister through us the, the grace and comfort from God. And so there are certain portions in, in scripture that I found of particular help to people and that have been of much help to me as well when I've been on the other end. Isaiah 40 is one of those chapters. I've read this, I suppose, dozens of times to people over the years. It's been a benefit to me as well. And there's one verse in particular that I'd like to share with you this morning that has been of very much help to me in my time of need and to many others. So I'd like to share a message with you this morning on verse 11. By the way, the chapter begins, comfort, comfort my people. And it's talking about the people of God in the Old Testament, and this choice promise applies to us as well in the New Testament. Look at verse 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. I shared this message with our church a couple of years ago, and one or two of you may have heard it on CD. I've been asked to write a little article on this for a Christian magazine, but I'd like to be uh, Christ's messenger to bring this hope and comfort to you this morning, particularly for anybody here that is really hurting and needs the comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11 says it's talking about God. The Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arm will rule for him. And it's this God that will feed his, his flock like a shepherd. Now, you, you know the metaphor here. The Bible frequently says that God is a shepherd. We are his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Psalm 100 says that we are the sheep of his pasture. This is a metaphor frequently used in scripture. If we are a Christian, we can claim this promise because God is our shepherd and we can get much comfort out of this. He will feed his flock like a shepherd and we can say the Lord is my shepherd. He is my good shepherd. He will do this for me in my time of need. And like a shepherd, the Bible says that God will feed his people, he will lead them, he will protect them, he will retrieve them when they stray and do many, many other things. In this verse, there are three promises 
and picture them as like three hills. The first one, it says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. We see that in Psalm 23. The shepherd leads the sheep to green pastures and still waters. And then there's that third little hill here. He will gently lead those that with young. And I suppose you could see there that uh, it's just like a, a, a mother's sheep will have all the little lambs. Well, sometimes we are like that. A, a mother with a lot of children. Or... Uh, just another person that has many responsibilities at work or taxes or, or illness and wonders, how can I carry all these responsibilities? Well, that third promise is that he gently leads those that have all these responsibilities. Notice the adverb. I like this. He will gently lead those with young. Isn't that, isn't that precious? Don't overlook those extra little words that God throws in there. He not just leads them. He gently leads them. But I'd like to concentrate on the middle hill of these uh, three promises. The one that says the good shepherd will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. Who are the lambs here? Well, this can be applied in a variety of spiritual ways, such as new converts who are like a young lamb uh, that is new to the fold. Or it could refer to young Christians that are not necessarily new converts, but they're young in life, such as teenagers or children. Or it could refer to uh, immature believers that have maybe delayed their maturing process, so they should be sheep, but now they're still uh, lambs. It could refer to that. It could also apply to elderly Christians, because as you know, when we grow much older, we become like little children again sometimes. I have a, uh, a twice-weekly ministry at a local, two local nursing homes in Springfield, and I sometimes have to deal with elderly people old enough to be my father, mother, or even grandmother, and they become like little children, like little lambs again. And so this applies in a variety of ways. But there's one way in particular I think that it applies when we become like a a lamb because of unusual circumstances that bring us down and we feel as helpless and as hurting as a little lamb. Because a lamb sometimes uh, hurts itself and he's wounded and he needs to be carried. He can't just be led along. He has to be picked up and carried. And that's what I want to address today. When we are like a wounded lamb that the Lord Jesus has to carry for a time. When we're just hurt, we're wounded, deeply hurt. Now, we all get hurt sometime or another, but I'm talking about this morning the really bad times. When we are not just wounded, we are hurting, we are broken, we feel like we can't go on one more step, we can't go on one more day. And this doesn't happen often, but... Chances are it's happened to people in this congregation. I know people here that have been like a wounded lamb. Somebody here today may feel like this. And you may say, preacher, you're talking right to me. I'm listening. And some of you have never been like this, but you may be like this someday. It could come suddenly. Years ago, I was visiting with a preacher, and, and he was out on an errand, so I was sitting in the kitchen with his wife, and kind of telling jokes and laughing, and, she, and the phone rings. She says, oh, hold on, and she goes and gets it. 
And just like that, she just collapsed in tears and just was broken. She got the word that her brother-in-law was killed in, a, in an automobile accident. And just like that, she was transformed into a wounded lamb. So it can come unexpectedly. It can come suddenly. It might come to someone here this next week. So what I want to share today is for people that have been there or that are there or that will be there. Some of you can't identify with this, but I want you to take this message and tuck it away somewhere in your mind and your heart when you will need it because the chances are sometime in your life everybody here will be a wounded lamb that the Lord Jesus will have to carry. Now, I'm talking about the big times, the big experiences, a major injury or a condition, some devastating event that brings you down to your knees and you feel like a little lamb and you, will, you, you sometimes can't even talk. I, as a pastor, I've been with people and they can't even tell me what it is. They're so overcome. They're just so broken. They're either weeping uncontrollably or they were stunned and they're deeply hurt. They're devastated. These are experiences that break us. And, and there's a wide variety of these. It could be some uh, relationship. Uh, an enemy has hurt you or a close friend or a relative is the one that has wounded you. And you're devastated and, and it hurts you. Uh, years ago in another city where I was pastoring, I had a, a phone call one afternoon and a, and a woman said, come over immediately, and that's all she could say. And so I dropped everything, got in the car and went over there and knocked on the door and she opened it. And she still had that look of just being stunned. Uh, and I said, Karen, what has happened? And she said, my husband just left me. He just walked out on me. I had no idea. And I said, well, what did he do? What did he say? He said, I never loved you. I've only been pretending to love you. I've not been a Christian. I only pretended to be a Christian to get you so I could get your daddy's money. And I see now I never will. I've never loved you. In fact, I despise you. And he says, I got a secret divorce. And he literally threw the divorce papers in her face. And she was just devastated. And she just collapsed in my arms and just could hardly cry. She was a wounded lamb because of a broken relationship like this. It's not just women, it's, it's men as well. I'm helping a wounded lamb back in Springfield that, uh, like the day before Christmas, had a nervous breakdown. And he could hardly talk, and he has that look in his face, and we're trying to bring him back again, but he's a wounded lamb. A couple of years ago, I was on vacation doing some studying back east at a seminary, and of course, a preacher's never really on vacation. It's like a doctor still on call, and... And I saw a preacher friend of mine we visited, and he said, Kurt, I wonder if you could help me out. I have a hard case. And I said, well, of course. So he says, I want you to spend a little time with this man tomorrow. So I said, well, bring him. Maybe if I can help out. So the three of us sat around a table there in the lunchroom, and uh, together they told me basically what the story was. Uh, the man had come from kind of a rough-and-ready background and become a Christian. So you, you'd look at him and think he's kind of a, tough kind of a man that could bear up, but uh, what had happened was his wife had walked out on him with his best friend, and he looked at me and tried to talk. He says, you know, I, I tried to be brave. I tried to bear up, 
but I just couldn't take it. And he says, I just broke. And he says, I didn't know what to do. He says, I just tried to take my own life. He said he had taken one of those razor knife box cutters and cut his own throat. But he somehow missed the jugular vein, so in God's protection, he did survive. And he pulled back his collar and a big old ugly wound that still hadn't healed. And uh, he was just shaking. And I, I just got up and went over and just gave him a big old hug. And he, he just whimpered in my arms and said, I'm, I'm sorry, I just couldn't take it. He was a wounded lamb. Even the strongest men can collapse and become like a little child, like a little lamb, anybody. Well, like a lamb, uh, it can come unexpectedly or they can bring it on themselves. You know, a little lamb can stray and get away from the mama sheep and start grazing away from the grass and doesn't know any better and starts eating some of those flowers and gets sick. And some of you that have been with sheep know that that poor sheep will fall down and 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 get sick and off those flowers and needs to be taken care of. Well, in the spiritual life, we stray from the Lord and start eating some of the devil's flowers. And then, you know, what you sow, you will reap. Some little secret sin catches up on you, and this sometimes happens. Again, in another city, I had a phone call one Saturday afternoon. I could tell from the man's voice something devastated, devastating had happened. So he says, come quickly. And I said, I'm on my way. And I got there, and I wondered, what, what has happened to him? And I was trying to guess, but when I showed up there... And he opened the door. I knew immediately what it was. I could tell by the look in his face he had contracted AIDS. He had been playing around with homosexuality on the side. He wasn't just HIV positive. He had got the symptoms of AIDS because we hadn't seen him in church for a couple of months. And it was all over his face and sat down and he confessed it all to me and just cried and cried. He didn't blame God. He said, I am to blame and... A few of us took care of him for the next couple of years, and we buried him. It was an awful thing, but he was a wounded lamb. He was utterly broken and devastated. I could go on and on with similar stories like that, but you, you, you see what I mean, that something happens to us, and we're utterly broken and devastated, and we feel like a wounded little lamb. There's a man in the Bible that was like this named Job. And poor old Job, I feel sorry for the man. It's like tragedy upon tragedy and nobody to help him. His wife turned on him. His friends come and jump on him with both feet. He was hurting in body. He had lost his family, all of his possessions. And all he had was God. And poor Job, for all those chapters, is just hanging on by his fingernails. Have you ever felt like that? I mean where you don't know if you're going to go on another day and you say, I'm just barely hanging on. I don't know if I'm going to lose my sanity or my life. And you can't even think one more day. That's how Job was. And everything was going against him except God. Well, these are tragedies that come to us. And some of you probably know just what I'm talking about. You've been there. And perhaps someone here or that will listen to this message is there. I want to bring you hope and comfort you see, like a wounded lamb, we're crushed, and that poor little lamb didn't know what's happening. When you're broken in such a tragedy, it's almost like your mind 
switches off and you say, I, I, I can't understand this. I don't know what's happening. I can't figure it out. All I know is I hurt. And I don't know if I can go on one more day. And you're like that poor little lamb that's crying out. Have you ever heard a wounded lamb bleat? It's, it sounds like a crying baby. It's a pitiful sound. It, it touches your heart. And we get like that. Now, if you know a little bit about animals, you know that the, uh, the mother animal can recognize that distinctive cry of its young one. Out on our ranch back in Texas, I'd sometimes hear a cow, and then I'd hear off in the distance its calf, and that mother cow can identify which calf is its and what, what the need is. Well, we're like that calf, we're crying out, we're like a wounded lamb bleating out, sometimes crying, wailing, or sometimes just whimpering, and we cry out like that, and you that are mothers know what that's like. You hear your, your baby or your grandchild cry out and you know, well, it needs a change or it needs a hug or something is wrong and it touches your heart. Well, that's what happens when we cry out. It touches God's heart. And when we're utterly devastated, we have to just cry out like a baby or like a wounded lamb. We bleat. When we cry out like this, it just... We, we, we have no resources of our own. It's like we're crying out, help, help. For many years, I've been a student of World War II. I like to study it. My father was in D-Day and Battle of the Bulge. He was a spy and things like that. Some of you men may have been veterans in combat. I remember reading some reports of some of the medics, and they said, it's, it's not like what you see in the, in the movies. And if you've been there, you know what I'm about to say. They say, when a person has stepped on a mine and his leg's been broken off, or he's been gut shot, he's not going to be reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. He's not thinking of all that. He's not thinking of the war. He, he goes into a different mood when he's in intense pain and doesn't know if he's even going to live. And the medics say that on D-Day, when all these men were strewn across the beach, they said they weren't reciting the Pledge of Allegiance or thinking of their president or even of their country. Some of them were praying. The Catholics would be saying, Holy Mary, Mother of God, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Some were trying to mumble the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. But the medics almost universally said most of those soldiers that were in extreme pain about to die were crying out for their mother. Grown men, tough soldiers were saying, Mama, Mama, like a wounded lamb. They were crying out from the deepest part of their being for someone that they knew loved them. And so the medics and others would try to help them. Like a wounded lamb, we cry out. But as a Christian, we don't just cry out for our mother. We instinctively cry out for our heavenly Father. And the Bible talks about this. We don't cry out, Mama. We cry out, Abba. You say, what is that? I've seen that in the scripture. Well, let me tell you. It's an Aramaic word that found its way into Hebrew. It's like Mama or Dada. Abba is the, the, the Hebrew Aramaic word for Daddy. It's when we cry out to God as our Daddy. And we find that in Scripture, in, in Galatians 4, it says God has sent His Spirit into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And just like a, a person cries out for his mother or for his daddy, a Christian, when he is a wounded lamb, 
instinctively turns to his heavenly father. That's one of the evidences is that he is a Christian. He cries out to God in his deepest time of need. Father, Abba. A friend of mine uh, was in the uh, airport in Jerusalem once and he was waiting in line and you know, he'd hear a little, little Germans and Chinese and a lot of Hebrew. And he saw a little boy over there by himself that was away from his father. And that little boy was lost and crying out. And he was crying out, Abba, Abba, Abba. And here comes this Jewish man running from through the crowd and comes and picks him up. He was crying out, Abba. And the father heard that voice and came a-running. Well, that's what we do. We cry out, Abba, Father. We want our Heavenly Father to, to come to us. Years ago, back in Texas, uh, a friend of mine said, Kurt, why don't you come with us and the family to Six Flags? And I said, yeah, sure. So we came with it. We went there with the whole family. There was a little boy and four little girls all going down in size. And all the, they, all, they loved the lights and the rides and the cotton candy. And, and the, the older ones, she kind of ran off this direction and that one and then left little Katie by herself and... The father and I got to talking and we kind of wandered away from poor little Katie who was about maybe three or four years old. And for a while, Katie was just kind of looking at the lights and then it hit her. She's all alone. There's no daddy. And, uh, and all those lights and strange faces and she started to cry. She was scared and she was crying. And you, know, you wouldn't think a little child would have that many tears. I mean, it's like rivers coming down her face. And she was crying out, Daddy. And have you ever heard a little child when she's crying out? She knows how to cry and stretch that name on. She was saying, Daddy! Daddy! Like that, looking all around. And in her heart, it was just anguish and terror. Well, when I was talking with Charlie, as soon as he heard that, it touched his heart. He said, oh, Kurt, that's Katie. And we went through the crowd, and there's poor little Katie. He picks her up and wipes away the tears, gives her a big hug and kiss, and carries her in his arms. Like it says here, he will gather his lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. Brethren, when we were like a wounded lamb, we will cry out, and sometimes it's just a sound, or we try to say Jesus or Father, it will come out like that. And sometimes it's just a whimper where you, you're so broken, like a wounded lamb, you can just bleed out a sound crying out to God. But the Good Shepherd hears it, and he comes and gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them in his bosom and gently leads them. The good shepherd hears us when, he, when we cry out. It goes into his ear and touches his heart. When we cry out to God, when we're all alone, our Heavenly Father hears us in a special way that draws him to us. You know, the Bible says sometimes we, we run the Christian life. And that's a picture of when everything's going good for us. And you know what it's like. You're on top of the mountain. But other times you can't run. You have to walk. And sometimes you can't walk. You have to crawl. But you're still making progress. But there are sometimes you're so wounded you can't even crawl. You just, you just pop down. And you don't know what's going to happen. You're, you're a wounded lamb. 
and that's when you you can't make progress. You have to be picked up and carried. And the Good Shepherd does that. Sometimes we are wounded and we can't walk. I remember when I was a boy growing up down in New Orleans and uh, growing up deep in the deep south where it's very hot. Boy, for about nine months of the year, we wanted to get as cool as possible. And so that meant walking around barefoot. And, and that was okay, but Mama would always say, now, barefoot's good in the house, but be careful outside. And you stay away from places that you might step on something. Well, one day, I was kind of wandering around. My older brother was out there barefoot. And he went two houses down where they were building a new house. And... And you know where I'm going with this. And he was looking around for something maybe some of the carpenters had left that he could pick up. And he was walking around barefoot. And he stepped right on a nail. And you can just imagine the pain. And he went down and was crying. And and I could hear him crying. And my sister could hear him. But my dad was at work. And my mom, I think, was shopping. And what do we do? Well, Uncle Bobby was staying with us, and he heard that cry and said, Bobby, and Bobby said, I'm there. And he ran over there and picked up my brother and carried him home in his arms. Like it says here, the Good Shepherd will carry us in his arms. Now, if you know your Bible, there's another place in the Bible where it talks about the shepherd carrying his lambs. But not in his arms up here, but on his shoulders. Luke 15, Jesus told about uh, the shepherd going out after the sheep that is strayed far away. And he says he goes out, he leaves the 99 and finds out one. And it says when he finds him, he carries him back on his shoulder. Why? You carry something on your shoulder for strength. I still remember when I was a boy, my dad had strong shoulders and would give me a piggyback ride or would carry something. And some of you men know what that's like when you have to, you know, you're trying to cut down a tree and you you put your shoulder into it for strength. So when it says the shepherd carries us on his shoulder, that means we need his strength. And like that, that sheep that's a long way off, the shepherd would get tired carrying it like this, so he puts it on his shoulder and grabs hold of the legs like this, and off he goes to bring it back. There are times that we need God's strength. But in the verse here, the good shepherd's not carrying it on his shoulders, but in his bosom. That's up here in his chest. Why? Well, um, every mother here will know why. When you go and pick up that child, you know, men are... Pardon us, women. Men are not like women. We are not mothers. We don't have that instinct. And especially us that are bachelors, we go up to a baby and we wonder, well, how do you pick the thing up? And I've seen men <laughs> pick it up by the leg upside down like a Thanksgiving turkey. Like, well, how do you do this thing? And women say, oh, don't hold it like that. And she cradles it up like this. Why? It's mother's instinct. She may not even be able to explain it, but she probably knows why. And she'll say, well, you hold it up here for warmth. For security, so it knows your love and something else. That baby has spent nine months in the womb and feels secure with the body warmth of the mother and for nine months has been hearing the mother's heartbeat. And when the mother holds it up to the heart, that baby senses security almost unconsciously with the heartbeat. And that's what God does when he carries us close to his heart. 
when he carries us, when we're really wounded and hurting, we sense his arms of love around us, the warmth of his love, and, and in a way it's like we sense his heartbeat saying love to us because when we're wounded we need the safety of his arms of love. And don't we sing about this and not him? There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. And that's what we need, brethren, when we're really hurting. We don't necessarily need advice. And if we brought it upon ourselves, we already know we're guilty, so we don't need a rebuke. When we're really devastated, when we're hurting so bad, we're just like a wounded lamb. We need the reaffirmation of our Heavenly Father to comfort us and to carry us, not just with strength, but we need his reaffirmation of love like a mother wiping away tears. Later in Isaiah, God promised this. He said, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. That's a good promise. Then over in Psalm 103, it says, as as a father pities his son. So God is likened both to a father or to a mother when we need him. He is there and he lifts us up and carries us when we need him. And later we'll look back on that and say, he carried me when I needed him. Spurgeon has a good sermon on this and he said, I've been there. And he says, sometimes I wish that I was a wounded lamb again to get another ride in that divine chariot again. But... Spurgeon was a man that was often wounded, often in great pain. But the Lord will carry you when you are a wounded lamb. I'm not sure where this poem came from, but many of you have probably seen it, and maybe some of you have it on a little plaque in your, in your house, Footprints in the Sand. I don't know if it's a true story, but the story I heard of it is that a man had a dream, and he later wrote it down that uh, he looked back on this beach and he saw these footprints in the sand. And he said this was symbolic of his life. Yes, he was looking back, and he says, yes. And he says, that was the high point when I was saved, and then when I was married. And then he says, and that was a tough time in my life. And he noticed in the tough times, there was only one set of footprints, and he couldn't understand it. And he said, well, Lord, the two sets is when you were with me, and the one set... That was really, really tough times when my mother died or when I lost my job or when I had that breakdown. He said, Lord, did you desert me? And, and it's like the Lord said, no, no, you misunderstand. Those were the times I carried you. The single set of footprints was the good shepherd. Have you been like that when you look back in your life and say, those were the times I couldn't go on, but the good shepherd carried me. He will never desert any of his wounded lambs when we need him. In fact, he is closest to us when we need him the most. You can count on that. When you think ahead to some of these devastating times that I've told you, you might say, I'm afraid. That's okay. A wounded lamb will be afraid. But you can count on the fact he will be there waiting for you. Look at the text again here. He will gather the lambs. With his arm. It doesn't say he might. Or if you're a good lamb. And ask him. And be good. And make promises and pledges. Then he'll carry. It doesn't say that. This is one of his ironclad promises. He gives to his lambs. He will. He shall gather his lambs in his arm. And he will carry them. 
because he loves us. He has a faithful love for us. He will never, ever desert any of his lambs. Quite the opposite. He will come a-running when we need him the most. Now, other people might be there to help, but, and that's good, but we need him the most. He will be there the most when you need him the most. And when will be that time when we need him the most? There will come a time in the life of every Christian here, not just when you're wounded with some devastating experience, but there will come a time when we'll be a wounded lamb in another way, when the time comes for us to die. Just last week at the nursing home, two of the men that had been there for a number of years coming to our little church service were now in hospice care, and they were laid out just like a wounded lamb. And one of them knew the Lord Jesus. And I knelt down and had a prayer with him and said, Lord, this is one of your lambs. Carry him over safely to heaven. And the next day the Lord Jesus did that. When our, come to, our time comes to die, we're going to feel like just a wounded lamb and we're going to be afraid what's going to happen. We feel like we're going into the dark. I can guarantee you, my brethren, you're a good shepherd. You're a savior is going to come to you in a very special way and carry you across that river. And you will begin to see it in a completely different way. All fear will go away as you're being carried from this life to the next. Think of it like this, not just the shepherd carrying you across the river, but he's also your heavenly husband carrying you across the threshold to your eternal home. You will then see it completely different. He will be there to carry you safely across to heaven. Let me give you three lessons of application as we begin to close this. Number one, maybe you've been there and now you can sympathize with others that have been a wounded lamb. You go a-running to them because the Lord carries his sheep in his arms Let's us be his arms. Let's be his hands. Let's be sensitive to others that are wounded lambs so that the Lord will use us. If you've been a wounded lamb, you know the benefit of how the Lord ministers to you and through other Christians that will come and hug you, help you, read scripture, or just weep with you. Many years ago, I was in the hospital. I was really hurting, racked with pain, crying out. And a dear brother from Zimbabwe, Africa, who was at our church, he had been studying at the local college, he came and sat there, hardly said anything. He sat there and wept with me. That was the good shepherd ministering to me. Brethren, let's do that to our other brothers and sisters. Let's sit with them. Let's weep with them. Let's now hold them. Let's us be the arms of the good shepherd. What about old Job? His friends came, but they weren't good friends. What should his friends have done? Job tells them as he's crying out for help. In Job 6.14, he says, To him who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by his friend. So brethren, if you know someone that's a wounded lamb, if you find out, be sensitive to that. And go to them. Sometimes you just sit there. Weep with them. Show them kindness and tenderness. Maybe such as what the shepherd has shown to you. Second application. It says here the good shepherd will carry the lambs in his arm. 
but he doesn't carry those that are not sheep. John Calvin had an interesting, almost wry explanation of this. He said, the shepherd carries lambs, not snarling wolves. Kind of a, imagine a shepherd carrying a wolf that's trying to bite him. And he says, and he won't carry poisonous snakes either. And so Calvin says, we therefore should submit ourselves to God and let him tame us and transform us from wolves to sheep. This is a promise for believers, every believer. But if you're not a believer, you're not a lamb. And I really feel for you. You will have a devastating time. Maybe you haven't yet, and you said, oh, I can get by without that. Where are you going to turn when you become a wounded person, when you're broken, when any of these experiences, where are you going to turn? To the bottle, to drugs? You need a good shepherd. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a promise to his lamb. Become a lamb so that this promise will apply to you. And thirdly and lastly, this is talking about Jesus, our good shepherd. The Bible says Jesus sympathizes because he cares. He's been there. We've been talking about wounded lambs. The Lord Jesus is the wounded lamb. He's the lamb of God. Later in Isaiah, it says, He was wounded for our transgression, like a lamb led to the slaughter. Jesus is the wounded lamb. He can sympathize. He has been wounded. When he was in Gethsemane, breaking, sweating drops of blood, crying out, what did he say? Abba, Father. He groaned and cried out as a wounded lamb. And on the cross, when he was dying, he said, Into thy hands I commit my spirit. And the Father carried him. Jesus knows and cares because he's been there. And so he loves us and is waiting for us. He knows the times in our lives when we will be wounded. He's already marked it out. We don't know when it's going to be. But brethren... He knows. He's appointed it. He's already there waiting for you when you need him the most. I hope these words have been of some comfort to you. In your time of need, please turn to Isaiah 40, especially verse 11. May the Lord bless this message to all of our hearts. Let us pray. Oh, good shepherd, gentle shepherd, good shepherd. Thank you for your promise to love us and to carry us when we need you the most. On behalf of my brothers and sisters, Lord, that have been there, that have been wounded lambs, we want to thank you. You were there and you carried us. You gave us strength, hope. You wiped away our tears. And you carried us in your arms of love. And we can still remember your heartbeat of loving reassurance. We want to say thank you again, Father. We want to pray for our brothers and sisters that are now wounded. Some are in the hospital, nursing home. Some may not be with us today because they're just so devastated. Others might be here that we know of that are hurting deep down. We pray for them, Lord. Help us to help them. And we pray for those that are not yet lambs. We pray that you would transform them into being lambs 
so that they will know the Good Shepherd. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the Good Shepherd. Carry us all the way to heaven. We look forward to that day. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.